my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is a show where we look at world religion trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is Pastor Will Moala, and I am the minister of the Gawler Church, uh, the Associate Pastor of Paravista Church, and and Grace Adventist Centre Church Plan. All Seventh-day Adventist churches here in the Adelaide area. And it is a privilege to be able to share with you this afternoon. And I'm so excited because this week and next week, we are taking as our theme... 10 Big Questions About Spiritual Revival. And today we are looking at the topic, What Did Jesus Teach About the Holy Spirit? And I'm so excited this afternoon because today I'm sitting here in the in the studio with our co-host for this week and next week with none other than Lindy Sperring. Lindy is the prayer ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia, and she is also the associate speaker of Spirit Baptism Ministries. So welcome to the program, Lindy. Hello and welcome. Thank you very much. You know, Lindy, I was just listening to you and uh, Pastor Joseph last night as I was driving home and uh, I was just listening. You guys did a fantastic job. And I just have to ask you, I didn't get to hear a little bit about you uh, from last night. I just thought I'd throw a question out there, maybe for some of our listeners to get a, get to know you a bit better. I thought maybe a general question is, do you have a hobby? What do you like to do? Um, when you're not in ministry and you just like to, you know, you've got a Sunday afternoon, a Sunday day to yourself, what do you what do you like to get up to? There's probably a few things, Will. I really enjoy gardening, love to get out in the oh. garden, get in the dirt, plant some vegetables, uh, pick some flowers and Beauty. put them in a vase. And I do like to get old furniture occasionally and restore it. Okay. You know, it's, it's interesting you say that because just the other day my wife and I went to one of those um, those um, those auctions. Oh and, yes, yeah, and uh, we actually just got a sofa just not long ago, a week or two ago, and um, and my wife loved it. We, you know, we were online and looking for the, you know, some real bargains to be had out there. Fantastic, so, um, yes, uh, lovely. So you're into gardening, uh, which is great. I'm not necessarily the green thumb myself. I grew up in inner city Sydney, so um, so uh, but you know what? It's it's interesting because I've noticed that I've, as I've become a Christian over the years, I've come to appreciate nature and just looking out at the at the beach and the sunrise. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting more of an affinity to, um, the beautiful creation around us. So that's fantastic, Lindy. Um, so let me just start with, before we kind of dive into our topic about the Holy Spirit and, um, what Jesus taught about it, which I'm so looking forward to. I just want to bring our world watch segment and you know what? I couldn't help but uh, I had to share this with our listeners uh, tonight and with you as well, Lindy. I'm not sure if you realize, but um, uh, Prime Minister Scott Morrison, he's been in the media in uh, just in the last few days because what had happened was he had spoken at the um, Australian Christian Church's uh, National Conference just the other day. And um, so i am just got this article that I got from The Guardian um, and back in on Wednesday 28th, and uh, the title is Scott Morrison – is not the first prime minister with religious beliefs. What is different this time? And so the essence of the article is basically saying that um, our prime minister, who happens to be a Pentecostal Christian, um, he had some words to say about the devil. 
And he actually referred to the devil as the evil one. <laughs> and uh, in his speech, apparently, he, he talked about the influence of social media in our current culture. And he actually made a statement that, that social media is actually used by the evil one, according to Scott Morrison, uh, to steal young people's hopes. Um, so before I, there's a bit more there, but what do you think about that statement, Lindy? This this idea of our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, who's kind of going out on a limb here and he's referencing, I guess, this this idea of the devil or the evil one. So what do you think about that? Do you believe there's a devil? And from your experience in uh, spirit uh, baptism ministries, uh, what's your take on it? Will, I certainly believe what the Bible talks about. It talks about the devil, talks about an evil one who's taken over this world in many ways. And I really like the fact that Scott Morrison said he steals young people's hope. Yes. How does he do that? He does that through young people becoming addicted to gaming and all sorts of things. Yep. He does that through young people becoming influenced and impact by programs that promote uh, mm. all sorts of practices that are not healthy to, for them to uh, uh, become involved in. He does that through influencing, impacting young people to think that some of the important values that maintain a society that is strong, yep. a society that works together, it, are impacted by the sorts of programs that he influences. So I totally agree with Scott Morrison yeah. on this one. You know, I just think, and I agree with what you're saying, Lenny, and I just think it's but my personally believe it's just fantastic that that someone uh, a, a leader as Scott Morrison, the leader of our our nation, is is believes in a higher power, so to speak. And you know, too often in in religious political leaders in our culture in our day and age, a lot of them are looking to within um, you know almost a god in themselves who believe they have their own wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Here is a leader in our very own country of Australia who was speaking at a recent uh, Australian Christian Churches conference. And he was just putting it out there. And if I, if I was reading the article, he referenced the evil one. And I, I immediately, you're talking about prayer. You're talking about the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what Jesus prayed in the Lord's Prayer? He says, uh, keep us from the evil one. Uh, deliver us from temptation. So in, in a sense, he was really just opening about this reality, so to speak, particularly from a religious uh, Christian perspective. Hey, that, hey, there is an enemy. There is a, a, a being that is bent on our destruction. Absolutely, and and I think for someone uh, such as Scott Morrison to to raise this uh, uh, this notion of this idea of evil actually lends itself to another uh, segment. Let me just um, reference something else that was mentioned in this article, and uh, this this article mentions uh, quote Scott Morrison as saying. Um, he says, what once we expected from family and community, we now expect from the state and the market. He goes on to say that he emphasised that quote, freedom has never worked. Um, sorry, he's actually quoting a, an economist by the name of Frederick Hayek. And the quote from Frederick, which Scott Morrison quotes, and this is the words that he's quoted, freedom has never worked without deeply ingrained moral beliefs. End of quote. Uh, Neither government nor markets can supply that. Morrison said it comes from community and he gave churches as an example. So isn't it interesting that in this article, uh, here is Scott Morrison quoting this uh, particular economist and talking about that the very fabric of uh, our society never goes hand in hand with healthy, ingrained moral beliefs. 
That's right. That's right. And I'm really pleased that Scott Morrison has spoken up like this. I did witness once on Facebook, I think he was praying for our community during yeah. a difficult time with the pandemic and everything else that's going on. And here he is speaking up quite strongly and stressing that community, that family, they help to establish a strong foundation for Australia to be a successful and a wonderful place to live. Yeah. And so, you know, I couldn't help but think, Lindy, about this idea of morality because that's always going to be a hot potato in our culture because obviously from a Christian perspective, there is very clear uh, demarcation lines in terms of morality, this idea of good and evil. And, and so the Bible has a, a, an enormous amount to say on this idea. You know, I often say to people as a pastor myself when I'm sharing with people and um, particularly from a people from a different perspective, whether they're agnostic or an atheist, I always say to people that everyone has a word worldview. And a worldview essentially has to answer some very key questions that I'd, li- I'd like to kind of share with our listeners to this afternoon, this evening. This idea of origins, which is this idea of creation, whether you believe in creation or evolution. So this idea of origin, uh, meaning what gives meaning to our lives, and the idea of morality, how to differentiate between right and wrong. And I think that's what Scott Morrison's saying in this speech that he had done recently, that this idea of evil is a very real and a it's a very real uh, um, present reality. And so this idea of origin, uh, meaning, morality, um, and, the, uh, and the last notion of destiny. In other words, what happens after this, this earth? And I always say to people that I firmly believe that Christianity can, can answer these four big questions. This idea of where did we come from? Why are we here? And, uh, you know, how do we know what's right and wrong? Because what ends up happening is when we, don't have this uh, very clear foundation to work from, uh, we end up being very subjective in our understanding of good and evil. And that's why we, I believe, while we have a lot of, uh, a lot of turmoil because we have people in countries uh, where really right and wrong is just uh, up to the, that particular individual or so, so forth. So, um, so just coming back to this idea, this little article here in uh, this World Watch segment with our listeners, just wanted to throw it out there to our listeners this afternoon, this evening, that Scott Morrison, love him or hate him, He's kind of picking up the baton and he's raising the flag saying, hey, guys, we're living in a generation where from his perspective, there is evil in the world. And whether you agree with him, uh, to the extent does it uh, does it impact social media? Uh, Lindy, you're saying absolutely. There is definitely a, a sense where social media could be used to, I guess, as an influence to, to I guess, draw people away. And I think if we're being honest, uh, a lot of things can be neutral in a sense. I mean, take, for instance, entertainment. There are some things that can perhaps be uplifting, things that are very wholesome. I think of the Bible in Philippians chapter 4 where the Apostle Paul says, you know, um, whatsoever things are true and honest and, you know, noble, think on these things. And yet, as we all know, there is another side to that coin where entertainment, culture, music can actually be very uh, sinister and dark and so, you know, I thought I'd just let our listeners um, uh, in that, uh, you know, it's it's very uh, interesting that uh, Scott Morrison would um, step out, so to speak, and kind of highlight the this idea of evil. So, um, and I think it ties in very well, Lindy, um, with what you're going to be talking about with our listeners tonight about this idea of praying, because obviously when we're praying and we think about the Lord's Prayer, um, definitely, according to Jesus, he he acknowledged the the dark side of, of life as we know certainly, it. Certainly, certainly. Um, 
So that's just something I just wanted to kind of share uh, before we take a deep dive into our our book. And by the way, I know that when we come back from our little break, um, Lindy, you're gonna you're gonna be taking some content out of a particular um, a resource that you're kind of walking us through. Do you want to just maybe just very quickly at this time just just share a little bit about um, this book that we are um, looking at right now in the studio, and perhaps maybe uh, people listening uh, they want to get they want to perhaps purchase a copy from themselves. Is there some way that they can get in uh, a resource, get in touch with um, the people that they can get a hold of this copy? Sure, will the book's called Steps to Personal Revival. It's by Helmut Horbel. He's actually a German minister, and if you would like a copy of this book, you can go online. And just Google or use whatever search engine you have to type in steps to personal revival. And then you can download the ebook in a few different languages, but I imagine most people want it in English. Steps to personal revival, type it in your search engine, go to the website and you can download the ebook. Okay, lovely. All right. Well, thank you, Lindy. Well, we're just going to pause it right there, and we're going to a we're going to play a beautiful song from one of my favorite Christian singers, Gavin Tutilia, and he's got a lovely song uh, based on scripture. And so we're just going to play that for a moment, and we'll be back with you in a short time. So let's come to some music at this uh, very moment. man glory in his wisdom or let the mighty man glory in his might let not the rich man glory in his riches but let him that glory glory in this that he understand and know me I am the Lord of loving kindness Judgment and righteousness in all the earth For in these things do I delight In these things do I delight In these things do I delight Sayeth the Lord, in these things do I delight, in these things do I delight, in these things do I delight, sayeth the Lord. Righteousness, Lord. 
trust the Bible? How could a loving God create a devil? How can a man called Jesus save me? And from what? Faith FM's free offer today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, big Q&A with myself, Pastor Will Mawala. And today our co-host in the hot seat this evening is Lindy Sperring. And for those who are just tuning in at this very moment, uh, Lindy is the prayer ministries leader uh, for the Seventh-day Adventist Church Conference here in South Australia. And she is also the associate speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. And so this week we're taking as our theme uh, 10 big questions about spiritual revival. What an interesting topic. And this afternoon, this evening, we are asking the question, what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? And so that's what we're going to be looking at this evening. And I just thought about this, um, Lindy. We're just having a bit of a chat just before we went on air. You made an interesting uh, observation, which I never really kind of kind of saw it that way. And and you you mentioned that um, Jesus didn't have a lot to actually teach on the subject, which I thought was. It was a bit of a paradigm shift because we would often think that Jesus would have explicit teachings on, you know, especially a topic as vital as, as tonight's topic on the Holy Spirit. So what do you mean by that? I guess I will lead into what we're going to be discussing, uh, uh, tonight. So, so what actually did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? That's a very good question, Will. And as I was researching this, I thought, Jesus doesn't seem to say to his disciples, I'm going to now teach you about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And yet throughout the whole word, throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit is mentioned. So in, a, in fact, really, the Holy Spirit and Jesus have the same nature. So when we see Jesus, when we learn about Jesus, we are seeing an identical nature in the Holy Spirit. The first time the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible is right back in creation. Okay. For those listeners, as we believe in creation, it's the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth and he was the one involved in creation just as much as God and Jesus were involved in creation. Okay. So what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? If we look in our Bibles in John chapter 7... And verses 37 to 39, and I think we touched on this last night. Yeah. It says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus always liked to refer back to scriptures in the Bible. And then it goes on, it says, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So what are we saying here? He who believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And so if we believe in Jesus, you know, I mean really believe in him, and belief involves more than just uh, um, saying I believe in him, it, it involves action as well, then out of our hearts will flow this living water, this living water that quenches the thirst of others. 
who are looking for something more powerful in their lives. When we talk about the Holy Spirit in the Bible and what Jesus taught about him, we have to also remember that when Jesus was baptized, back in Matthew we look at his baptism, the Holy Spirit came down upon him during his baptism. Yep. It says in Matthew 3, verse 16, Then Jesus, when he had been baptized, came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. So here's another description of God, of this Holy Spirit, like a dove. And I did want to touch this evening, Will, if you don't mind, on a few different ways the Holy Spirit is referred to in the Bible. So it's referred to like living waters. And in Acts at Pentecost, it was like tongues of fire, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit referred to as a dove. We talked about him being the creator spirit. And another scripture is that he's the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. So it's in John 7 that we see that God is promising the Holy Spirit through Jesus speaking and saying that the Holy Spirit will really come when Jesus is glorified. In other words, when he's raised from the dead and he ascends to heaven. So as we continue to think about this, I just want to also remind us that we are created mind, body, and spirit. And when we think about God, this Godhead, There are three parts to him as well. And our spirit, that part of us that senses the unseen, that has impressions, that um, has a way to connect with God is through our spirit and the Holy Spirit. And sometimes our spirit is is being crushed by life Mm -hmm. and it's God who can heal that in us and change us through his Holy Spirit. If we stop to think about what we talked about yesterday, praying every day. Now, if you asked me, Will, yep. what time I get up in the morning? Ask me, what, what? time do I get up in the morning? <laughs> well, <laughs> what time do you get up in the morning? What time do you get up in the morning, Lindy? Well, I'm going to ask you, Will, the same question in a minute. <laughs> so normally, I get up at 6 a.m. every morning. And wow. the first thing I do is have two glasses of water, and then I go to my study or prayer room and I have a chair which I call my prayer chair and I spend time reading the word, reading a devotional and and praying to the Lord and asking for the Holy wow. Spirit to live in me. And Will, when I don't do that, yep. then things don't go very well for me throughout the day or as well, particularly when you're involved in ministry and you're praying with others and you're mixing with others, your ministry isn't as powerful Unless you're connecting to the source of power, right? Wow, that's that's such an, a great insight for someone of your caliber who's, you know, this is um, something obviously you're passionate about because you're not only our prayer ministries coordinator for our uh, South Australian uh, Seven Day Adventist conference here, but also the associate speaker of Spirit Baptism. So, so I love that hearing from you, Lindy, tonight that um, that this is this is very much a part of you. You, this is you're not just teaching us and reading things off a page, but this has impacted your life. This has actually changed your daily discipline, so to speak. Uh, that first thing in the morning, you know, just connecting with God, I think that's beautiful. So can you maybe ex- just, um, you know, just because I think that's a very uh, 
It's a great insight for our listeners when they're, as they're driving and listening to this at this moment. You, you've mentioned that when you do pray and you spend time uh, you know, connecting with God, that somehow your day goes better or you feel, I guess, more in tune and as opposed to days when you haven't, say, or, you know, because we're all living busy lives. So how could someone, maybe I'm probably going right to the end of it, but if there's someone listening tonight and they're kind of, um, you know, they, they're probably asking that question, well, it's great for Lindy to do it, but I don't know where to start. Or, you know, I, I'm just kind of getting, you know, um, I'm kind of new into this whole reading the Bible and, you know, this whole thing can be rather daunting. What would you say, I guess, as a maybe a little uh, a teaser for our listeners, because we're going to come back to it the, as we wrap this program up tonight, um, what, what kind of got you started? Because I know you're, this has been a journey you've been on, and I was listening to you and Joseph last night, and I could hear the passion coming through uh, on the radio. Um, so when you kind of decided, hey, I need God, you know, this is something I can't, you know, I, I love what you said last night when you were, when you became Prime Minister's coordinator, you said to yourself almost internally, I need to make prayer a priority. And I love that. So walk us through with our listeners, you know, what were some of those initial baby steps that did you need to clear your diary? Did you need to talk to your spouse? Was it just something that you kind of like you mentally made that decision? Uh, what was kind of going on in your head? Maybe walk us through that transition because I think that was a, a, a pretty big thing for you to suddenly be given the role of prayer ministry's leader. Uh, you know, almost like the spirit, you know, setting that spiritual tone for, for thousands of seven day Adventists here in our conference. Yeah. You know, what, what did that do to you? And how do you kind of, how did you put that into action? It's a very good question, Will. And I've been passionate about prayer for years, really, and involved in all sorts of levels of prayer ministry. But my, Time with the Lord was a little bit intermittent. I'd go really well for a while and yep. then I'd sort of sleep in and fall. It'd fall to the side and other things would take over. And I said to the Lord, Lord, if I'm going to be effective here, if I'm going to do what you've called me to do, mm-hmm. then I need more of you. Yep. And I think sometimes we as Christians think that we can do everything in our own strength. Yes. And we cannot. And I like the way we talked last night about how Jesus got up every morning, as was his custom, before everyone else got up. He yes. found time in his day when there weren't all the birds singing and all the animals waking up and <laughs> time in his day when the family weren't getting up having breakfast and tools were starting, businesses were starting, whatever was happening, you know, those 2,000 or so years ago when Jesus was here, he found this time. Right. But I used to find I felt pressured to have to get up in the mornings and I thought it's it's just not always working for me. Yep. So I said, I said to the Lord, you help me with that. And I said last night to listeners, ask the Lord to help you to find a time. Your time might be different. Yes. So you don't have to feel it has to be at that time. But I also reminded our listeners that we have to breathe every day. We have to drink water every day. And we normally eat food every day yep. for us to survive, our bodies to survive. But if we want our spirit to survive as well, we need to connect to the source of power. And Jesus every day did that. He would have learned at Mary's knee the importance of his relationship with God. And he, he did that every day. And if he had to do it and he was divine. Yes. Then so much more do I have to do it. And you know, like that pray without ceasing. That's a topic for another time. So Jesus got up early every morning. And I know that if I don't spend that time, 
then my ministry is is diminished. It's weakened. I'm not able to be the disciple God calls me to be. Amen. Now, one thing about the Holy Spirit that is just absolutely amazing, and I just want to read something from a book called Desire of Ages that is quoted in this book, Steps to Personal Revival, and it says this, When the Spirit of God takes possession of the heart, Mm -hmm. it transforms the life. Sinful thoughts are put away, evil deeds are renounced, love, humility, and peace take the place of anger, envy, and strife. Mm. Joy takes the place of sadness, and the countenance reflects the light of heaven. You know, Will, when I visit the churches, I meet all sorts of people who have troubles in their life. And it's strange, but most of the troubles that people have are from their family and their loved ones. Yep. And I have had the same in my family. The more time I spend with the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to live in me, I have more love, more humility and peace rather than <laughs> anger, envy yes. and strife. Do you understand what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so it's such, and joy does take the place of sadness. It doesn't mean I don't get sad sometimes, but it doesn't last as long. And the countenance is more likely to reflect the light of heaven rather than being burdened down and bent over and troubled and distressed by life. So having the Holy Spirit, which Jesus may not have taught about it directly, but indirectly in every part of his life, he taught us about the Holy Spirit. So, yes, I was perhaps just being a little bit... um, you know, uh, provocative in saying, did Jesus teach a lot about yeah. the Holy Spirit? He did, but he didn't. Yep. And I think that's what's so amazing about the life of Jesus as, you know, recorded in the Gospels, four accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, each of them giving a different perspective. You know, there's the Gospel of John. It begins with John one one. The beginning was the Word. So really emphasizing the divinity of Jesus, you know, yes. God in human flesh. Luke, as they say, he came, comes, gives that kind of like that healing Luke, as you know, was a physician, so he kind of bringing the the very gentle side of Jesus. Yes. But what's beautiful about the the ministry of Jesus is, is from my perspective, as I've read through the Bible, is yeah, he may not, as you said, didn't give you a chapter and verse on you know whatever topic or situation, but just by his very life, in how he lived, how he treated people, and often it's it was his life was a lesson book in a sense how he his compassion, you know, uh, how he, he loved, how he forgave. And so, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the beautiful things about the Bible. It's not necessarily an index of, you know, of certain places to go. It's a storybook. It's a, one continuous story from creation right through uh, to the book of Revelation. And so I love how you're mentioning that, Lindy. As fellow believers, as Christians, um, Jesus is our example. Uh, Mark 1 in verse 35 says, as you quoted, um, he, he made that priority to pray to his Father. And absolutely the question becomes of us, do we spend that time? How 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 much should we hunger and thirst uh, for the water of the Holy Spirit uh, in our lives? And I, I often find in my personal experience, Lindy, is often it's when we're, when we go through uh, severe t- trials and we're going through uh, certain times, uh, experiences, family issues, financial, often uh, one is tempted to ask, you know, where is God in all this? But the more I read the Bible and the more I see God's uh, sovereignty and his 
his timing, um, he often allows these things, um, as you would, uh, as you would understand, Lindy, is to cause that problem, that challenge, whatever we're going through, uh, to lead us to pray. And, yes. and I'm reminded uh, of that text in First Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 13, I believe it's found, uh, where the apostle says that basically that there's no temptation that's, that, that we face that, um, that hasn't happened to someone else. Mm. And I love in that text where it, Paul says um, that God's faithful, that he is able to make a way of escape. So what I'm hearing is, yeah, prayer is actually a, a weapon uh, certainly for Jesus. I mean, think about it as you and I would uh, absolutely agree on. Um, if there was anyone that was busy, it would be Jesus. Absolutely. I mean, you read in Mark 2 when, you know, after, you know, uh, he'd spent a whole night, um, you know, uh, basically a whole town had been, um, you know, cleansed of, uh, you know, people being healed, uh, people who were uh, demon possessed, you know, uh, they were healed. And yet, Jesus always found that time. And so for me, as a pastor, that really speaks uh, volumes because we're all busy. I'm not mm-hmm. saying pastors are busy. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. But it's just so easy, especially in the Christian journey, to kind of assume that attitude that, you know what, I'll pray, you know, I can, I'll, I'll leave it, you know, I'll, I'll prolong it, you know, to another time. I'm busy. And we all go through that. But, hey, look at the example of Jesus. Prayer was a priority for him. So I love that. That, that he's our North Star. He's the one that, you know, as Paul says, we ought to look to Jesus in, and, uh, and, you know, yeah, we stumble. We, we go through phases and, and, you know, situations where we may, you know, not be as hot on the prayer button as we'd like to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, God's grace, you know, gives us another opportunity to, to get back on the wagon, so to speak, Amen. and to connect with God. Amen. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about this idea of, Jesus, um, the Holy Spirit, because it's just a fascinating uh, topic for us to be delving into. One thing that perhaps people hadn't realized is that Jesus spoke in John 20, verse 22. And this is what he says, or start in 21. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent you, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. He breathed on them. He breathed on the disciples like that breath and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. So here is Jesus giving a portion or some of the Holy Spirit to his disciples before he ascended. And in our next section, we're going to talk a little bit about more about this Holy Spirit and and the work that he has to do that Jesus has left him to do and gone back to heaven. So he breathed on his disciples. They received a portion of the Holy Spirit before he ascended to heaven. But he'd already promised this gift uh, that would come upon them after he ascended to heaven. Yep. So there's certainly, um, I guess from Jesus' perspective, there's obviously, um, you know, leading up to the cross there was a, that's what he came to do. He died for the the sins of, of the world, and he voluntarily gave his life as a sacrifice. But uh, interestingly enough, as particular as we go through the Gospel of John, there is certain a, a greater awareness and emphasis, as you were mentioning, John twenty, right towards the end of the uh, Gospel. It seems to be that in Jesus' mind, now he's almost like this transitionary 
period, he's ascending back to his father and he's thinking of his poor disciples that he's been walking with for the last three and a half years, thinking about the state of the church, the prosperity of how they would move the gospel message forward. It seems to me that Jesus has, he already had foreseen the challenges and what they'd be up against. So it's beautiful to know that this God uh, manifesting human flesh would so desire to to impart this precious gift um, of the Holy Spirit. So um, so that's fantastic. Why don't we just hold that thought, um, Lindy, and we'll come back in just a, a tick and we'll just dive a little deeper um, into um, uh, the topic there, uh, what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? So at this very moment, we are going to come to some music and we will be right back here at Faith FM. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Heir of salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song i 
trust the Bible? How could a loving God create a devil? How can a man called Jesus save me? And from what? Faith FM's free offer today is the Hidden Truth magazine, exploring your hard questions about faith and Christianity. To get your free Hidden Truth magazine, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. It is myself, uh, Pastor Will Mawala, and today our co-host is none other than Lindy Sperring. For those who are just joining, Lindy is the prayer ministries leader for the Seventh-day Adventist Church Conference here in South Australia, and she is also the associate speaker for Spirit Baptism Ministries. And so this week we are looking at our theme, 10 Big Questions About Spiritual Revival, and in particular this evening we are asking the question, what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? I am having a wonderful cracker of a time, and I'm learning, I'm loving to hear Lindy's thoughts, and we're just having a wonderful time here in this studio. So as we kind of kind of get around the home stretch here this this evening, um, Lindy, I wanted to ask you the question, um, can you give our listeners some insight as to some ways in perhaps the Holy Spirit is is referenced or mentioned in the Bible, in the Word of God? And then, and then I've got a follow-up question that I'll probably tack onto that. So how about you let us listeners know, our listeners know, what are ways in which the Holy Spirit is mentioned or represented uh, in the Bible? Yes, well, and I think it's important because when we think about the Holy Spirit, it's something we can't fully understand. And I yep. don't think we'll understand until we... Uh, go to heaven and be with Jesus. But the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit in a number of different ways, like, as I said before, rivers of living water in John 7, 37 to 39. Yep. And in the first few chapters of Acts, it talks of tongues of fire coming down yeah. on, on the disciples, tongues of fire. When Jesus was baptized, it was like a dove descending. Yes. And we talked about in creation in Genesis, this creator spirit that is able to create the world and everything in it. Beautiful. And Jesus talks about this spirit, the spirit of truth. So he leads us into all truth. All of those descriptions actually tell us a bit about the Holy Spirit. So he's living waters. He's going to bring truth and healing and living water to those who are thirsty. He's Beautiful. going to bring tongues of fire, which will be passion and and uh, commitment to the Lord. And a dove, he can be very gentle as he deals with us and, and leads us along. And that creator spirit, he creates in us many things. Not only did he create us, but he sustains us so that mm. we can continue in life. And this spirit of truth will lead us into truth. When I open the Bible, will I ask yep. the Holy Spirit that I will understand what I'm reading and that he will lead me into truth. Beautiful. And we need to understand, too, that his nature is identical to Jesus. And as we've discussed before, that Christ in us is the hope of glory. In yes. other words, the Holy Spirit living in us is like having Jesus living in us and living out his life through us and changing and transforming us. Beautiful. Identical in nature. Now, when Jesus promised in John fourteen twenty six, he promised this paraclete. Let's just read it quickly. Go ahead. He says in John fourteen twenty five, these things I have spoken to you, being present with you. Now that's an important mm-hmm. point, isn't it? Jesus was present with the disciples at this time, two thousand years ago. He was present with them, but he knew he was going away. 
And he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, very important yes. point, all things that I said to you. And I think this is important, this helper. it's um, You would know better than I will. Is it a Greek or Hebrew word? Uh-huh. Parakletos, yes, which means not just like we might think someone who helps us with the housework, but this is this Parakletos word has been translated as helper, and yet the Parakletos means an advocate, someone who advocates for Christ, a representative of Christ, an intercessor. When we pray, he is intercessing, he is translating, if you like, our prayers to God. He pleads mm-hmm. and he is a consoler. So he's far more than just a helper in one area. The Paracletus does so many things to support us in our Christian journey. And will I tried to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit and I failed miserably. Right. I hurt myself and others. And I and I, I wonder how how you have journeyed with the Holy Spirit as well in your life, Will. Yeah, I think um, as you were sharing that, um, one of those texts that you mentioned, um, referencing Jesus as the uh, talking about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. You know, um, many years ago, back in two thousand and three, when I was really just starting my Christian journey, I was li- um, I'm from Sydney, so living in Sydney. And cut a long story short, I was inv- uh, there was a um, particular uh, a Christian minister and evangelist. He was in uh, Bankstown where I was living at the time. Um, and basically, uh, this ministry had invited this speaker along and basically for about a good three or four weeks, he was opening up these, the Bible and he was talking about some, some really deep stuff about prophecy and end time events, stuff that I hadn't really heard of. And, um, but the thing I wanted to mention at this point, Lindy, is every time this speaker got up to speak, he would always quote, John 16, verse 13. And the reason why I know it so well, because I always have the voice of this African-American evangelist, and he had a very deep baritone voice. And I won't I won't try to impersonate his voice, but I have it ringing in my head right now. And he'd always say, turn to John 16, verse 13. And it says there, I think um, if I can share it, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. And so he would quote that and read it. And then before he would uh, give a Bible um, presentation. And so I love how... What I'm hearing tonight, um, Lindy, is Jesus doesn't leave us alone. Just no. because he's ascended back to heaven and he's, he's in the, he sits at the right hand of God, as uh, the Bible says, and, and this beautiful theme of Jesus as our high priest in a beautiful work that he's doing for us at this very moment. I love the fact that what you were referencing in the Bible, that um, he doesn't leave us alone. And so what my understanding of the Holy Spirit is that, that, that Jesus resides in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And so I, I even remember one of my, uh, I was reading some literature um, not too long ago, and I remember the statement this particular individual made, and uh, essentially saying that, I think in those uh, verses you read, Lindy, is um, Jesus is e- even saying that it was better that he would go away. Yes, because now the Holy Spirit can reside in your heart, Lindy, and mine, and thousands of people the world over, whereas when Jesus was here at one geographic location at one particular time in history, now through the presence of the Holy Spirit, he can be accessible to everybody. So I love that. And just quickly, I'll 
give the time back to you in the, the last question because I really want to get your insight on this uh, next question is when I think of the Holy Spirit, you know, the, you mentioned the idea of parakletos, uh, this one who walks alongside us, someone who guides us. Um, I've had the privilege of going overseas. I've been on a Bible age trip, gone to these men, you know, beautiful Egypt, Greece and Jerusalem, all these wonderful countries. And the thing is when you go on these big trips, you have to have a guide that takes you around. I mean, you don't have to, but the thing is, if you walked around these cities and you didn't know anything, I mean, you'd be a, a admiring the, the the skyscrapers and the monuments and whatnot. But having someone on the ground who knows the area intimately well, absolutely. I mean, it's like night and day. I mean, you can go on your own and spend thousand dollars and go to these places. So, so the Holy Spirit to me is like someone who's walked there before you. He knows what's ahead. He can give you insight to what you're going through in ways that you can't begin to even fathom. That's and right. so the Holy Spirit, my understanding is that he's there to help us, gives us insight, and um, he guides us, as, as Jesus said. Okay, we've got to get back to this because we're running out of time. Let me um, ask you this closing kind of question. I know there's a, it can be a bit of an extended answer, but in a nutshell, um, Lindy, question I want to ask you as we kind of wrap this up to this evening is, what actually happens? This is the big question I want to ask. What actually happens to... People listening tonight as they're driving home, contemplating this idea of the Holy Spirit. What actually happens in our lives um, when the Holy Spirit is active? Because it's great to talk about, but what can you share? I think you've already alluded to it in your own time. What have you experienced? What can you share with our listeners tonight? This is what's going to happen as the Holy Spirit begins to, to come into your life and in your heart. So this question that we're looking at, what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? And I said, in some ways, he didn't teach very much, but in other ways, he taught everything because Jesus and the Holy Spirit are like one. They're yes. one of the Godhead and their natures are similar. I just want to say that sometimes we slip away from God, Will, and we must not let another moment go by without confessing our sin of slipping away. And we're reminded in Psalms that the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. And he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins. And so in Psalms we're promised that if we have slipped away, we can confess and come back. If there's anyone listening and they've slipped away, and we all do it, it's part of our journey often, we can confess and say, Lord, I want to come back to you. I want to have the Holy Spirit living in me. I want Christ mm. living in me. And when I started to pray those prayers, Will, I have this love for Jesus that I've never had before. Wow. He wants us to love him more than anything and mm. anyone else. And before, I didn't. I loved other things more. But as I've surrendered and asked him to live in me, one of the things and and many of the things that happen to us is that we have a stronger desire to study God's word. You know, I've read the Bible a few times um, just growing up in the church, but now I want to study it even more. We have prayers that are more earnest. This is some of the things that people have found But when they've asked the Holy Spirit into their life, when they've understood what Jesus has taught about the Holy Spirit, there's been changes in your life, in the styles and activities that you're involved in. You no longer, I used to love watching television all the time. I would rarely watch it now. I'm more interested in, in things that are of a deeper nature, more spiritual, more have more depth to them. And there's deeper repentance. You know, we can repent, but there's even deeper when we 
we ask the Holy mm. Spirit. So Jesus teaches us everything about the Holy Spirit just by his life. That's what he does, Will. And this love for him grows and grows. And there's no looking back. Who would want to look back to what was before? Praise God. That is a beautiful way to cap off our our discussion tonight. Thank you so much, um, Lindy. I, I think our time's up for tonight. And I just want to say to our listeners out there tonight, thanks for joining myself, Pastor Will Mawala. And uh, thank you, Lindy. Uh, Lindy Sparing are here with us tonight in, on Drive Time, big Q&A. And so please join us tomorrow um, when Pastor David Butcher and Lindy Sparing <laughs> spend the entire time discussing our next topic tomorrow. Is there a spiritual cause to problems in the church? So if you are a believer and you're listening and you're wondering, hey, there seems to be so many challenges, so many issues, so many problems that seem to be in the church, uh, in my particular church or just in church in general, you have to tune in tomorrow and you don't want to miss tomorrow's drive time big Q&A. So... Um, I'm going to uh, close with a, a verse that I'd like to uh, encourage you all, then I'm going to close with a prayer. And so I really want to just um, look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Until then, please remember Christ's words uh, from John 14, verse 27. And Jesus says to us all this evening, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give I isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or don't be afraid. May God richly bless you. I would just like to close with a very short prayer. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, allowing us to talk about the role and the in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for Lindy that has shared with us tonight. Thank you for the insights that we have been able to glean this evening. Father, please bless each person that is listening online across the airwaves this evening. And it's my prayer that, that tonight's topic will draw us closer to you and a relationship with you. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So that concludes our, our talk this night. Please uh, join us tomorrow for Big Q&A with Pastor David Butcher, and we'll see you next time. We have this hope that burns within our hearts, hope in the coming of the Lord. We have this faith that Christ alone imparts faith in the promise of his word. We believe the time is here when the nations far and near shall awake and shout and sing hallelujah. Christ is King. We have this hope that burns within our hearts, hope in the coming of the Lord.